It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. You know, it's the second Friday of the month, and that means that it's Free Advice Friday, which is the day that I speak about narcissistic abuse and take your calls, answer your questions, and listen to your comments. When you comment, uh, it's important because other people benefit by what you have to say. And even if you think it's not important, it really is. It's important for everybody else to hear that. Um, If you haven't already gone and checked out the course that I have on my website, randyfine.com, I urge you to. Uh, It's about healing from the past. It's about really embracing all the things that maybe you did not accumulate or were not given as a child. And there are many things that have caused you to be where you are in life. So this is a course that is a self-paced online course. And it really takes you from figuring out who you are to really claiming who you are and loving yourself and embracing yourself no matter who you are. So check out my website, randyfine.com. Take a look at that course. I think it would benefit you tremendously, and it's very inexpensive. So um, check it out. If you'd like to call in today and talk to me or share with me, the number is 424-220-1801. That's 424-220-1801. Today, today I want to talk about boundaries and gray rocking, ways to deal with your narcissistic abuser, because I think that a lot of this is misunderstood. People think that gray rock is the tool to use with narcissists at all times, and it really is not. It's very specific. The only time you want to gray rock somebody is when you no longer need to communicate with that person. And you are removing every bit of supply that you've given your abuser. So say you're, you know, you're still living in a home with your abuser, whether it's your spouse or partner or parents or whatever it is. And You have to exist in that environment, but you're constantly feeding into that person because narcissists feed on our emotion and our reaction, and this is why they abuse us. They abuse us because it's entertaining for them to react to us or see us react to what they're doing. And so a lot of the things that they do are absolute nonsense, which is why when you try to think back 
and try to figure out why they do this, why they do that, you never will. Because it's, it's just them toying with you. Nothing really matters. Nothing that they say really makes sense. So if you're in an environment where you are always reacting to that person and that person is uh, raging or, you know, stepping up the abuse because of your reaction, this is a time that you want to gray rock. This is a time that you want to share nothing in your face, in your expression, in your inflection, in your words. This is the time where you want to just be basically like a gray rock. You don't look at that person. If you have to speak to that person, it's in a monotone voice. That way you're giving your abuser nothing. And it's like starving the narcissist. And it's a very good thing because when you starve the narcissist, a couple of different things happen. The first thing that happens is the they will ramp up their attempt to try to trigger you. And a lot of people, you know, figure as soon as they gray rock, it's going to stop. It doesn't. First, it will escalate. And then if you still don't react, which you shouldn't, once you decide gray rock is the way to do this, um, if you don't react to them, then they're going to keep trying different things to make you react. Um, one of them is they'll get very nice. They'll get very um, pliable. And it's only because they have to try to figure out a way to suck you back in. Because gray rock is, if you want to punish a narcissist, this is the way to do it. Because they cannot survive. It's, it's literally like starving them. They cannot survive when you do that. And it is the most uncomfortable thing ever for them. You know, we think that getting back at a narcissist is the same way that we would get back at anybody else. But no, that's not the way we do it. Because when you get back, you know, if if you feel like you want want a revenge campaign against somebody, or you even want to approach them and say, listen, you know, I don't like the way you're treating me. Any of these things, any of these things can be. But when you're doing that, when you do that with someone else, there's a bit of reasoning that they can sort of process. When you do that with a narcissist, all you're saying, no matter what you're saying, is what you're doing or what you're saying is bothering me. And they're like, yay, (laughs) yay, it's working. And we tend to talk too much. I don't like when you did this because this person got affected and that's not really nice to do and I was embarrassed and blah, 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 blah. No. When you do that, you're saying to them, you are getting to me. What you're doing is bothering me. And when you tell a narcissist narcissist exactly what they're doing is bothering you, they're going to do it more. So... Gray rock is is a way to starve the narcissistic abuser. And so you only want to use it if you absolutely need to calm down the environment. 
if you're in a, you know, a heated kind of situation where, you know, say, say you have children or whatever you, whatever the situation is in your house and everybody is being affected by this uh, dynamic between you and the abuser. Everybody is suffering because of it. That is when you gray rock and you can cool everything down. Boundaries are very different. Boundaries, um, they're the limits, limits that we use to bring order to our world. It doesn't necessarily mean that we do it with an abuser, but these are learning boundaries is something that we should initially learn from our parents or caretakers. These are the limits that our parents or caretakers should be teaching us. Parents who have clear and healthy limitations are most likely to raise children that have the same. A boundary is not a wall. It's a protective emotional and physical border that exists between you and others. You use boundaries to define the perimeters that make you unique and separate you from everyone else. Boundaries are also how we regulate our acceptance of how others treat us. And so when our boundaries are healthy, our sense of self is healthy. We don't allow others to use or abuse us. When they are unhealthy, we lack self-esteem, confidence, judgment. Most people are unaware of how their boundary system functions, as they are their other behavior patterns, because what you do is what you do. You rarely stop and figure out why you're behaving the way that you're behaving, even though so much of it is related to the past and not to the present. But until we have reasons to examine our boundary system, we don't know if it's healthy or not. We don't know if we have a boundary system. We don't know how it would be applied in our life. We only know what we know. And so many people suffer lifelong emotional pain and never understand why this is happening. The same thing happened with me. When I was, when I really um, reached my pinnacle of pain in, with my narcissistic mother, not knowing she was narcissistic, and I went to see a therapist, and the, the therapist told me my pain was being caused from lack of boundaries, I looked at her like she was crazy. I had no idea what that meant. I never even heard the word boundaries used in terms of psychology or relationships, how to deal with people. I just thought a boundary was like, you know, a line between two states or a fence or something like that. But the more she explained it to me, the more I realized that I grew up in a family where there were no boundaries. That means that the narcissist has full access to you all the time. And you can't set up boundaries because you will ramp up the abuse if you do. So you're basically taught to 
be helpless in these situations. There's nothing you can really do to make it better. Um, so you cannot set limits with others until you identify, acknowledge, stand, honor your own needs. You need to be clear on what treatment you will and will not tolerate from others. And this requires that you treat yourself the way you wish to be treated. Again, this is a call-in show if you'd like to call in. The number is 424-220-1801. You don't have to talk about boundaries or gray rock. You can talk about really anything that is um, on your agenda or bothering you about narcissistic abuse. Again, the number is 424-220-1801. So it's your responsibility to show others how to treat you. And it is your prerogative whether to allow or disallow respect. Narcissists don't take advantage of everyone. They only take advantage of you because they know they can. But a narcissist is no match for those with clear and enforced boundaries. Um, A lot of times we hope, we wait for our abuser to see his or her ways and change them. But if that's what you're waiting for, don't hold your breath. Because even though your abuser says that he or she will change, that doesn't mean that the person is going to do that. So when, so, so the way to use a boundary is to basically figure out what it is you will and will not tolerate. Generally, these are used when you are um, having limited contact, contact with the abuser. Because it's very difficult to use a boundary in a home situation where no boundaries exist. Um, And the thing about a boundary is that the only way it works is if the other person has something to lose. And what I mean by that is, um, hold on. Okay. What I mean by that is that when you set a boundary, you have to set a consequence. And the consequence is something that the other person has to lose if they cross your boundary. So what I mean by that is say you have a parent who thrives on these ridiculous, endless conversations that you have where you don't get to say anything and all that person does, all your parent does is just talk and talk and talk about themselves. So they want to talk to you. They want to use you to do these things. So setting a boundary with somebody who absolutely needs you in some way or thinks that they need you in some way, this is not a very hard thing to do. Because the consequence, you set a consequence that they're going to be afraid of. So if they don't want to lose contact with you, and you basically say, these are the boundaries, and, you know, I'll give you one opportunity, two opportunities, whatever, but the third strike is when you lose me altogether. We will not talk anymore. 
And the reason I said, you know, first, first, second, third strike is because if you've never set a boundary before, you don't want to set a consequence that you're not ready to fulfill. Um, so the way to do this would be you say, so I'm going to go in a second, I'm going to talk about how to set this boundary, but now I'm talking about consequences. So what you basically say is these are my boundaries and if you cross them, you will not hear from me for two weeks or whatever feels comfortable for you at that time. Because setting this first boundary is going to be terrifying for you. So you want to make sure that you have a consequence that you can fulfill if they cross it. And they will. Because they don't believe that you have the strength to do this. Okay. So the next time, so you say, okay. So I set up my boundaries and you didn't respect that to this time. This is the consequence. And maybe you'll say, you won't hear from me for a month. Now, you have to go through with your consequence because if you don't, you don't get any respect from the narcissist. As a matter of fact, they see you as weak and they see you as incapable of standing up to them. So you have to be very careful with what you do. Ultimately, you know, it's very difficult to set a boundary with a narcissist because they are boundary crossers. And while it may may work for a short period of time, it can't work long term. They don't, they will look for any way to squeak by. Any life situation, any event that happens that may loosen you up or weaken your resolve. And then that's when, they'll, that's when they'll cross your boundaries or that's when they'll, they'll stick a toe in the water and see what happens. So in my situation, when I set boundaries with my parents, they told my siblings that they were afraid of me because they couldn't say anything to me. Well, what they wanted to say was going to be inappropriate. So Keeping them in line really frustrated them, and it made them, made them say that I was impossible to deal with. Well, no, they're impossible to deal with, but I just wouldn't per- permit it anymore. And the only way that I could keep them in line is to make them afraid of losing me because they did not want to lose me. So... You know, we had the three strikes you're out thing, and, um, and I let them know, you do this again, you're never going to hear from me again. And they did, because narcissists cannot keep it together. They cannot follow rules. Rules don't matter to a narcissist. Laws don't matter to a narcissist. Juris- jurisdictions don't matter. Judges' rulings do not matter to a narcissist. So... Your boundaries are going to be okay for a while, but they can't last forever. So to set a boundary with your narcissistic abuser, you have to sit down and you have to really think this out. bothers you. 
that they do, that they say, that they don't do, that they don't say? What is it that really gets to you, that really drives you crazy about this relationship? Sit down and figure it out. Because you can't set a boundary until you know why you're setting it. So once you do that, then you, the decision is, how are you going to approach the narcissist? And this can be very scary, especially if it's a parent, because parents, they can be four feet tall, but in your mind, they're 11 feet tall. And they're, they're just terrifying. We just we see them as having so much power over us. So it's very scary to set a boundary. And we know that when we've tried to do this in, pe- in the past and we were not effective at it, we saw what happened. So we're afraid to go back and do it again. Um, you can set a boundary with, with someone in person. You can set a, a boundary over the phone. You can set a boundary by email. It's usually best if you want to say it to the person to also back it up with an email, something in writing. Your abuser can't then turn around and say, you never said that. You never brought that up. Well, there it is in writing. Anything that you talk about with a narcissist should be in writing in some way. Otherwise, you will be gaslit. That never happened. You never said it. So when you approach this person, it, it's, it's usually very difficult to do this in person because when you are triggered by a narcissist, you go into fight or flight. And when you're in fight or flight, your cognitive uh, executive functioning is diminished. You can't think. You get nervous. So you're not, either you're not going to come across with power or strength or you're going to totally forget everything you wanted to say and you'll just look like a stressed out, a ball of stress. And they're going to look at you and go, oh, well, they don't mean that. So you want to make sure that you're doing this in a way where you can really think this out and present it in a way that is meaningful to you. This is exactly how you want it to be. So um, when you present it to the person, you don't do too much talking, which we tend to do. You don't do any explaining. You don't have to explain because you've spent years talking and saying this hurts you and that hurts you and don't do this to me and it hurts when you say that or why would you treat me this way? Or You've spent years doing that. You don't have to do that anymore. It's been done. It's been said. Saying it one more time is not going to change anything. So what you do is you say, I'm going to set boundaries with you. Your, your behavior is not acceptable to me. And I'm going to set boundaries. And here they are. One, you will not call me 20 times a day. Two, you will not call me at work. Three, you will not lay guilt feelings on me when you don't have a way to reach me, so forth and so on. You think about these things and you list them. 
you will not, or I will not tolerate you. That's really a better way to say it. I will not tolerate you calling me at 3 a.m. in the morning because you're having some kind of crisis. I will not tolerate you um, calling me names, referring to me in a negative way or anything like that. Um, I will not tolerate you interfering in my relationships. I will not tolerate you talking down to me, condescending, and so forth and so on. Very, very simple. You don't have to explain it. And I know that that's really uncomfortable when you're first trying to do this because you want to explain it. You don't think it's enough to just say what you need to say and leave it at that. You feel like, well, they're not going to understand truth is they're not going to understand anyway. The only thing that they're going to understand is that, oh, if I do this, I'm going to lose such and such. That's the only thing they need to understand. They don't need to know the why, the how. They only need to know that if they cross this boundary, they're going to lose such and such. Sometimes with our narcissistic abusers, they don't care. They don't care what they lose. You're the one that's been trying to create the relationship, and the other person doesn't even care about it. So no matter what kind of boundary you set, it's not going to be followed because they have nothing to lose. They don't care. So these are considerations to make when you are trying to figure out how to deal with a narcissist. This is a call-in show if you'd like to call in. The number is 424-220-1801. 424-220-1801. It's Free Advice Friday, the day that I take your calls and answer your questions, which is the second Friday of every month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you have questions that you can't call in or you just are intimidated and don't want to call in. Maybe, maybe you're working at that time and you can't call in. Um, you can email those questions to me at loveyourlife@randyfine.com, And uh, just in the subject, just put podcast and then ask the question. I will read that and answer that on air. Give you a link to the show that I'm answering it on and you'll get your answer. So, Take advantage of this time uh, or these times for contacting me because this is a good time to share. I know that everyone who's listening has had issues around boundaries and gray rock. Everyone does. I did. Everyone does. And what I want to tell you about boundary setting, one of the things I want to tell you about boundary setting is... Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Okay, I know what I was going to say. Um, you're not going to do it right the first time you try. You may, but chances are you're not. So you may have to make a few attempts at this till you get it right, because it's so foreign. It's like speaking a foreign language. It's like trying to approach somebody in another 
country and speak their language, you may not get it perfectly right. But if you do it a few times, you will. So I don't want you to beat yourself up if you set a boundary and you screw it up. Don't worry about it. You're just, you're just going to set another one until you have the resolve. So some of the things, so it's the first sign of regaining your power is recognizing that you lack clear boundaries and acknowledging that they are impeding your ability to be happy or successful. So this, there's an exercise that I talk about in my book where you list every hurtful thing your abuser has done to you and you write openly and honestly. This is for your eyes only. Your abuser should never read this. Don't think that by giving them this information, it's going to make them change because it's not. What it will do, let them know what bothers you so they can bother you more. Um, So after each incident that you write, comment on that. How did the abuse make you feel? How has the abuse or have the abuse impacted you and or your life? And why you refuse to tolerate that kind of abuse ever again. This is an exercise that may take hours, days, weeks, months. You don't have to complete this in one setting. It's most important that you address everything you can possibly remember. So don't rush through it. Uh, this is important because this lets you know exactly what it is that you do not tolerate. So we don't put boundaries up. They're not emotional walls. We don't put them up to keep pain out. We've already done that. We've probably spent a lifetime hiding our pain behind our emotional walls. This is not what a boundary is. It is not to block your pain. And they're not mechanisms that are used to hurt, control, change, manipulate, or fix others. We don't set boundaries hoping to hurt, control, change, manipulate, or fix others. They're the limits that we set in relationships that, like a giant bubble around you, define where you end and others begin. They keep you emotionally safe, protect your values, protect you from your abusers. You do not have to be a completely open channel where everything is accessed. No one is like that. People who function in a healthy way in life have boundaries. They have limits of what is acceptable to them and what is not. So people who cross boundaries are only going to change their ways of interacting with you when their old methods no longer work. So you are changing how you interact with them. Ultimately, the only person you have control over is you. The remedy to fixing a problem in a relationship 
whether it's family or parents or marriage or partner, it's not about forcing others to change because you can't make anybody else um, change. It's about deciding what you will and will not tolerate. Um, Don't feel bad about setting limits. You have already set limits, but the limits that you've set are reversed. They benefit others instead of benefiting you. If you've determined that you will always be kind in giving to everyone, regardless of how they treat you, that is a limitation you have placed on yourself. If you've determined that you will tolerate maltreatment, that it is, that is also a limitation you have placed on yourself. Anyone who has suffered emotional abuse has been programmed to feel guilty about having life in ways that benefit, about living life in ways that benefit them, um, and about loving themselves. This is, this is not supposed to happen. We're not allowed to love ourselves. After being on the receiving end of selfish, narcissistic behavior, the line between self-love and self-worship are blurred. The narcissist is a self-worshipper. They don't love themselves. So self-worship is selfish and ugly. It's arrogant. It's prideful. It's egotistical. Self-love is a beautiful thing. We are all meant to show appreciation for this gift of life we've been given. And we show appreciation by respecting ourselves, taking care of ourselves, protecting ourselves. None of that is possible without a personal boundary system. You can set boundaries with non-abusers. And you can be more flexible because people understand limitations. The average person understands limitations. The narcissist doesn't. And when you first begin to do this, the phone is so loud. I'm sorry if you're hearing that. Um, When you first begin to do this, your boundaries are going to be uncomfortably rigid. In other words, you may feel like a bitch. You may feel nasty when you're setting boundaries with people. And the reason for this is because you've never done it before and you have to be very rigid in what you do. As time goes on, you will relax. They will become more natural and you don't have to be as nasty as you think you're being. Although by setting a boundary, you are not at all being nasty, bitchy, unkind. That's not what this is about. This is not about hurting the other person. It is about protecting you. So you have that right. You have the right to define what feels right and what doesn't feel right to you. That may be different for someone else. So we can't set boundaries that other people use because what is right and wrong for them is not necessarily right or wrong for us. We have to know what makes us uncomfortable, whatever that is, without judgment. 
it doesn't matter if you've had a problem or an issue that's from your past that you haven't worked through and you're thinking, well, how can I set a boundary about something that I've never worked through? It doesn't matter. It's not for anybody to judge. It's for you to say, I can't do this right now, or I can't do this ever, or I don't like the way this feels, so I can't allow you to do this to me. Maybe at some point you'll heal that, and it won't matter anymore. But when you are setting that boundary, you have to be true to yourself and your own needs. Once you have set a boundary, you have to enforce your rules firmly. Stand your ground. You have to show your abuser that you mean business. Don't second guess yourself. If, if you allow themselves to, if you allow your abuser to step one toe over the line, you've lost everything you have gained. When you communicate your boundaries and enforce them, you do it in an unemotional way. You don't do it when you're in, in the heat of an argument, when you're yelling. You do it very calm because you want it to come across resolutely. And when you enforce them, you want to do it the same way. I can't believe you did that. I told you never to do that. No, that's not how you want to do it. You just say that the person may not be happy about your decision or agree with your rules, but in order to have you in his or her life, the person must respect your boundaries. That's as simple as it is. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into your abuser's anger or manipulation or drama. That is a clear violation of boundaries. Again, the number if you'd like to call in is 424-220-1801. Okay, let's talk about saying no. Understand that it is your prerogative to say no. So if you are someone who habitually says yes to everything without considering what it is, it might be easier to bridge the gap by saying, I'll think about it, and then saying no later on after the fact. Your purpose in life is not to please everyone or to rescue everyone or to make their lives easier. Learn how to make yourself a priority. Setting boundaries is really the first step in building, rebuilding your self-esteem and also regaining your personal power. There's a quote by Mark Twain that says, Never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. Never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. I love that quote. You don't want to be anybody's option. Boundaries that you learn to set, that you learn to establish, are going to prevent you from falling into any other abuser's traps. Not only that, but it will, your entire outlook is going to change. Everything is going to improve. Your career, your relationships with others, 
your parenting skills, but most importantly, your relationship with yourself. I know it's scary. It really is. But if you don't have boundaries in your life, you're going to be in pain. Your self-esteem is going to be in the toilet. So this is when it's time to examine your behavior. Examine what's going on here. So we talked about gray rock in the beginning, gray rocking. Gray rocking is something that you use when you want to give your abuser no supply, no reaction, no inflection, no conflict, nothing, no opinion, no explanation. That's when you gray rock. That's when you don't look the person in the eye, when you speak in a monotone voice, when you don't react to anything. So that's different than setting a boundary. So people often get these two things mixed up. You're going to set a boundary with someone with whom you are trying to fix a relationship with or build a relationship with. And you're going to create a scenario in which they are afraid to cross it. You're not being mean when you do this. They're going to tell you that you're being mean. They're going to tell you that you're selfish, but you're not. Because everyone who is emotionally healthy has boundaries. So gray rocking is going to make the other person frustrated. And often when you do that, they're more malleable because they want your reaction. They want their their supply back. And they will try anything. It's very interesting to sit back and watch when you uh, gray rock a narcissist to watch them go through all the different um, tactics. First, they ramp it up. Then they play the victim. Then they try to be nice. They try to bargain. There's so many different things that they will do when you gray rock. It's very, very interesting to see. And it it actually shows you exactly what they've been doing all along. But this condenses it so that you're able to see basically all of it within the course of just maybe a few hours because they're going to try everything. Um, But setting a boundary is very different. Because if you're living with an abuser and you're going to keep living with that person or say it's your parents, you want to keep continuing a relationship with your parents, you're not going to want to gray rock them. That's not, that's not going to um, fulfill what you're trying to do. So setting boundaries with someone who you want to, you know, it's very difficult to set boundaries 
with a spouse or a partner if they're narcissistic. It's very difficult to do that. However, if you're divorced and that per- and you have children and you are um, sharing custody or visitation with that person, you must have boundaries because if you don't have boundaries, the other person will walk all over you and you're going to feel like you're still in a relationship. So you have to have boundaries and they have to be rigid and you have to enforce them. In these situations, you must also have boundaries with the children because the children are being brainwashed by that other parent to believe that you are a bad parent, an evil parent, an uncaring parent, an unloving parent, so forth and so on, whatever they choose to tell the children. And then those children come home to you and act out. You have to have boundaries. And what happens is that in these situations, parents are afraid because they're afraid to lose their children. So when the children come home and they're raging and they're angry and they're calling their parent names, parent doesn't do anything because they're afraid they're going to lose that child. When in fact, boundaries and discipline is very important. It's more important then than ever. That child needs to know what the parameters are in your home. If they don't, it makes them more and more confused. So even though they're taking out their, their anger and frustration and pain on you, which is understandable because they're being brainwashed by a narcissist to do these things, you still have got to keep your parameters and your boundaries the same. Do not give in. The children, the child or whatever, will try to push through those boundaries and tell you you're mean. And at that point, that's when you have to say, this is a home of peace and quiet and we get along here. Would you like to participate in that? If you would, great. If you don't, then I'm going to send you to your mom's or dad's house. And you feel like you're throwing the child into the fire. But what you're, but you, what you're doing is you're basically saying, these are the boundaries of this home. But in this home, we have love. In this home, we have respect. We have guidelines. You know, kids, kids are discerning. They can see the difference between one parent's relation, their relationship with one parent versus their relationship with the other. And even though they go through these stages where the other parent is dangling carrots and giving them things that they want and parentifying them, meaning that they're basically given carte blanche to do whatever they want to do. They're treated as if they're adults and they can run their own life. And of course children want that. But what they truly want ultimately is the love of a parent and the support of a parent and the consistency of a home. And a narcissistic home is far from any of those things. So sometimes you have to let the children See the other side, experience the other side. You can't hold them back. If they want to be there or they're not 
treating you or your home or their siblings with respect, then they have to go to the other home and let them see what it's like. Let them figure it out on their own. What we tend to do with children is we tend to take away their power. We tell them what's right and wrong for them. Which, in some cases, we want to do that. I mean, we need to guide our children. But we need to allow them to have choices so that they can learn discernment in life, so that they can evaluate situations on their own. And this is one of those situations where that happens. So the boundaries that you set with alienated children in your home may feel like you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not doing the wrong thing. You're doing the absolute right thing. You must have boundaries. They're coming from a place where they have no rules, and they're very confused as to why they're not allowed to love you. You can't feed into that. You can't allow them to run you because all that does is make them more confused, more crazy in their heads. They need structure when they come to you. They need it. They will not like it. But ultimately, if you want to have a long-term relationship with your children, ultimately you must do this. And you must stand by your boundaries. These are the rules. No, we're not going to break that. We're not going to, can I just, you know, can I just stay out a little bit longer? No, because you're dealing with children who are confused. And when they're confused and you loosen up your boundaries and you loosen up your rules, they get into trouble. They cross your boundaries and you lose everything that you've gained. So that's what I have to say about gray rocking and boundaries. Hopefully you understand the difference. Again, this was a call-in show. I do this on the second Friday of every month at 11 a.m. Eastern. I would love to have you send me questions or even topics that you'd like to hear me talk about. You can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. Send them to me because every time I do this show, which is once a month, I'm trying to figure out what you need to hear or what you're interested in or what you're going through. And I'm guessing at it. I'm guessing at it with my empathic sensitivity. But um, I'd really like to know what you want me to talk about. And I will. I will bring up those topics because I write about so many different things. I talk about so many different things. I think I've, I feel like I've said it all, but then I find there are times where I have not said it all. And there are situations that you may be experiencing that are a little bit different than what I've shared. Because this is not a cookie cutter situation. And sometimes you need some guidance around it. So I'm here. Um, if you'd like to see me for narcissistic abuse coaching, I do that privately, and to access my 
um, my booking page and the information about the coaching, you can go to randyfine.com slash fine coaching counseling. Randyfine.com slash fine coaching counseling. Go to that or just go to randyfine.com and go to the um, expert services page. And then you can see the packages that I have. You could also do a free consultation with me. I offer that free 20 or 25 minute consultation where you can see if I'm the right fit for you. And that's that, and you can access all of that by going to that website and that page. So I don't want you to hurt. You don't need to hurt. And there are ways to deal with narcissistic abusers. There absolutely are ways. Don't feel like you've hit up against a wall because you never do. You never do. But it's narcissistic abusers make us feel like they've cornered us. And it really does feel like that. But understand, there are always strategies and tactics that can be used to get around these things, to learn their tactics, to use their tactics on them, to take your power back. There's so many different things, so many different options that you may not think of because you have been taught to be cornered this way. I can help you with that. You don't have to hurt. You don't have to feel like you've hit a wall. I will help you find a way around it. So thank you for listening today. I really appreciate it. Um, What is my next show? My next show, Loretta Bruning. And that will be on Tuesday, uh, October 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Loretta is, she's going to talk about why we feel the need to, to, have, to hold our status, why we feel the need to compare ourselves to others. And this is actually a survival tool that was learned. It's something that we inherit from animals. It's something that our brain is trained to do. Um, So we do this without conscious intent. But social media has compounded the issue and feeds into the competitive quest for status. So we're going to be talking about doctor. We're going to talk to Dr. Loretta Bruning, who will be explaining all this to us. I think it's going to be a fascinating show. And that will be again on Tuesday, October 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's it for today. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.